0: listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I am reading this four-volume, over 2,500-page work of mystical revelations received by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. Today is day 24. And if you'd like to follow along and not just listen, you can buy a copy of the Mystical City of God, the four volumes, from Tan Books. When you go over to their website— be sure to use the code PODCAST15 to save 15% off at checkout. And if you would like to discuss the mystical city of God with others who are following along, you can join the mystical city of God in your podcast group on Facebook. Today we continue with chapter 13, and we'll pick up where we left off yesterday, at paragraph 184, and we'll read through 189. The Holy Archangel Gabriel appeared to St. Anne in human form, more resplendent than the sun, and said to her, Anne, servant of God, I am an angel sent from the Council of the Most High, who in divine condescension looks upon the humble of the earth. Psalm 137.6 Good is incessant prayer and humble confidence. The Lord has heard thy petitions, For he is nigh to those who call upon him with living faith and hope, and who expect his salvation. Psalm 144.18 If he delays hearing their clamors, and defers the fulfillment of their prayers, it is in order to dispose them to receive and to oblige himself to give much more than they ask and desire. Prayer and almsgiving open the treasures of the Lord, the omnipotent King, and incline him to be lavish in mercy toward those who ask. Tobit 11.8 Thou and Joachim have prayed for the fruit of benediction, and the Most High has so resolved to give you holy and wonderful fruit, and by it he will enrich you with heavenly gifts, granting you much more than you have asked. For having humiliated yourselves in prayer, the Lord wishes to magnify himself in conceding your petitions, because those who in humble confidence pray to him without belittling his infinite power are most agreeable to the Lord. Persevere in prayer and ask without ceasing for the redemption of the human race in order to constrain the Most High. Moses, by unceasing prayer, brought victory to the people, Exodus 17.11. Esther, by prayer, obtained liberation from the death sentence, Esther 4.11. Judith, by the same means, was filled with fortitude to execute a most arduous task for the salvation of Israel. She fulfilled it, though a weak and frail woman, Judith 9.11. David came forth victorious in his combat with the giant because he prayed, invoking the name of the Lord. One king, seventeen forty-five. Three kings, eighteen thirty-six. Elias drew fire from heaven by his sacrifice, and by his prayer opened and closed the heavens. The humility, faith, and the alms of Joachim and of thyself have come before the throne of the Most High, and now he sends me his angel in order to give thee news full of joy for thy heart. His Majesty wishes that thou be most fortunate and blessed. He chooses thee to be the mother of her, who is to conceive and bring forth the only begotten of the Father. Thou shalt bring forth a daughter, who by divine position shall be called Mary. She shall be blessed among women and full of the Holy Ghost. She shall be the cloud that shall drop the dew of heaven, and for the refreshment of mortals. 3 Kings 18.44 And in her shall be fulfilled the prophecies of thy ancestors." She shall be the portal of life and salvation for the sons of Adam. Know also that I have announced to Joachim that he shall have a daughter, who shall be blessed and fortunate. But the full knowledge of the mystery is not given him by the Lord, for he does not know that she is to be the mother of the Messiah. Therefore thou must guard this secret, and go now to the temple to give thanks to the Most High for having been so highly favored by his powerful right hand. In the golden gate thou shalt meet Joachim, where thou wilt confer with him about this tiding. Thou art the one who art especially blessed of the Lord, and whom he wishes to visit and enrich with more singular blessings. In solitude he will speak to thy heart, and there give a beginning to the law of grace, since in thy womb he will give being to her, who is to vest the immortal with mortal flesh and human form. And this humanity, united with the word, will be written, as with his own blood, the true law of mercy. In order that the humble heart of the holy Anne might not faint away with admiration and joy at these tidings of the holy angel, she was strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and thus she heard it and received it with the magnanimity and incomparable joy. Immediately arising, she hastened to the Temple of Jerusalem, and there found St. Joachim, as the angel had foretold to them both. Together they gave thanks to the Almighty for this wonderful blessing, and offered special gifts and sacrifices. They were enlightened anew by the grace of the Holy Spirit, and full of divine consolation, they returned to their home. Joyfully they conversed about the favors which they had received from the Almighty, especially concerning each one's message of the Archangel Gabriel, whereby... On behalf of the Lord, they had been promised a daughter who should be most blessed and fortunate. On this occasion, they also told each other how the same angel before their espousal had commanded each to accept the other, in order that together they might serve God according to His divine will. This secret they had kept from each other for twenty years without communicating it, until the same angel had promised them the issue of such a daughter. Anew, they made the vow to offer her to the temple, that each year on this day they would come to the temple to offer special gifts, spend the day in praise of thanksgiving, and give many alms. This vow they fulfilled to the end of their lives, spending this day in great praise and exaltation of the Most High. The prudent matron Anne never disclosed the secret that her daughter was to be the mother of the Messiah, either to Joachim or to any other creature, Nor did that holy parent in the course of his life know any more than that she was to be a grand and a mysterious woman. However, in the last moments of his life, the Almighty made the secret known to him. As I will relate in its place, Although great revelations have been made to me concerning the virtues and the holiness of the two parents of the Queen of Heaven, I shall not dilate upon them, which all the faithful must presuppose. I shall rather hasten to the main point. After the first conception of the body, which was to be that of the Mother of Grace, and before creating her most holy soul, God granted a singular favor to St. Anne. She had an intellectual and most exalted vision or appearance of His Majesty, in which, having communicated to her great enlightenment the gifts of grace, He disposed her and forestalled her with the blessings of His sweetness, Psalm 24. Entirely purifying her, he spiritualized the inferior part of her body and elevated her soul and spirit to such a degree that thenceforward she never attended to any human affair which could impede her union with God and all the affections of her mind and will, and she never lost sight of him. At the same time, he said to her, "'Anne, my servant, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My blessing and my eternal light is with thee.' I have created man in order to raise him from the dust and to make him the inheritor of my glory and participator of my divinity. I also showered my gifts upon him and placed him in a position and state of high perfection. But he listened to the serpent and lost all. Out of the goodness and fulfilment of the promises made through my holy prophets, I wished to forget his ingratitude and to repair the damage by sending my only begotten as their Redeemer." The heavens are closed, the ancient patriarchs are detained, deprived of the sight of my face and of eternal life promised to them. The inclination of my bounteousness is, as it were, strained in not communicating itself to the human race. Now at this time do I wish to show mercy, giving them the person of the eternal word, to become man, to be born of a woman who shall be mother and virgin, immaculate, pure, blessed, and holy above all creatures. Of her, my chosen and only one, I make thee mother. Canticle six, eight. I cannot easily explain the effect of these words in the upright heart of Holy Anne, she being the first of those born of men to whom was revealed the mystery of her most holy daughter, who was to be the mother of God and chosen for the greatest sacrament of the divine omnipotence. It was befitting that she should know of this mystery, and properly estimate the treasure which she was to possess, and to which she was to give birth and existence. She heard with profound humility the voice of the Most High with a submissive heart. She answered, Lord God, eternal. It is in the essence of thy immense bounty and the work of thy powerful arm to raise from the dust those that are poor and despised. Psalm 112.7 I acknowledge myself, O Lord, a creature unworthy of such mercies and benefits, "'What shall this lowly worm do in thy presence? "'Thy own being and thy own magnificence alone "'can I offer in thanksgiving, "'and my soul in all its faculties in sacrifice. "'Use me, O Lord, according to thy will, "'since to it I resign myself entirely. "'I wish to be as completely thy own "'as such a favor requires. "'But what shall I do, "'who am not worthy to be the slave of her, "'who is to be the mother of the only begotten "'and my daughter? "'This I know and shall confess always, "'that I am a poor creature.' But at the feet of thy greatness I await the course of thy mercy, who art a kind Father and the all powerful God. Make me, O Lord, worthy in the eyes of the dignity thou bestowest upon me. During this vision, St. Anne was wrapped in a marvelous ecstasy, in which she was favored with the highest understanding of the laws of nature and of the written and the evangelical precepts. She was instructed as to how the divine nature and the eternal word was to unite itself to our own how this most holy humanity was to be elevated to the being of God, and she understood many other mysteries which were to be fulfilled in the incarnation of the divine word. By these enlightenments and by other gifts of grace, the Almighty disposed her for the conception and the creation of her most holy daughter, the Mother of God. This concludes our reading today from The Mystical City of God. We've been reading from chapter 13 of book 1, Paragraphs 184 to 189. There are three things that I'd like to really bring out from our reading today. The first is this prayer. Again, we go back to the fact Joachim and Anne prayed for a child. They were praying for the redemption of Israel, for the coming of the Messiah. And we have this very beautiful reflection that Maria of gives us uh, about persistence in prayer. For having humiliated yourselves in prayer, the Lord wishes to magnify himself in conceding your petitions, because those who in humble confidence pray to him without belittling his infinite power are most agreeable to the Lord, persevere in prayer, and ask without ceasing for the redemption of the human race in order to constrain the Most High. And then it goes on. It cites Moses and Esther and Judith and David and Elijah, all of these people who prayed to God And they didn't give up. They continued to pray day after day for whatever intention it was. And maybe right now you are praying for some particular petition and you pray every day for it. One of the most popular ones, parents or grandparents praying for the conversion of their children or grandchildren, that they come back to church, that they practice the faith. Well, that's the prayer of St. Monica who perseveres and prays for Augustine over and over and over again. We continue to knock on the door of heaven, and we ask the Lord to open the door. We ask the Lord to give us what it is that we are asking. We ask him to give us what it is in accordance with his holy will. So whatever petition you're praying for, take heart. Joachim and Anne persisted in prayer, and God heard their prayer. Secondly, Maria of tells us, Joyfully they conversed about the favors which they had received from the Almighty especially concerning each one's message of the Archangel Gabriel. I think this is a very beautiful thing. Joachim and Anne, husband and wife, they are talking about what's going on in their interior life. They're sharing the fruits of their spiritual lives with one another. I'll never tire telling the story of this couple that I know that they pray Lectio Divina together. They open up the Bible, they reflect on a scripture passage together, They sit in silence and really pray with that and reflect on what God is trying to say to them. And after they have that moment of reflection for like three to five minutes, let's say, then they talk about it. And they shared with me that when they do that, sometimes they talk about things they never would have imagined that they would have talked about. So in your life, I hope if you're a husband or a wife, that you can speak to your wife or your husband about the spiritual things going on in your life, that together you're growing in holiness and that you're having these holy conversations. Be inspired by this holy conversation of Joachim and Ann. And then thirdly, quite beautifully, It says, anew they made the vow to offer her to the temple and that each year on this day, they would come to the temple to offer special gifts and spend the day in praise and thanksgiving and give many alms. So they want to commemorate the fact that they have received this message that they are going to have a child, that this is the day that they're going to remember, that God has remembered them. And so now they have that gift. They will have a gift of a child. And they're not going to forget the day that it was announced to them. That's why we have feast days in the church. It helps us to remember the death days of some of the saints, their birth into eternal life. John Henry Newman's feast day is actually his conversion to the faith. So we don't want to forget these significant dates in our life, whether it's your anniversary or whatever it might be. But if you've had some powerful spiritual moment in your life Maybe you did have that moment where you God broke through in the darkness of your life and he spoke to the depths of your heart. Well, if that's you, if you've had this experience, well, remember that day. Every year, commemorate that day in which God broke through. If you experienced the grace of a healing, you went to the doctor and they told you that you are cancer-free now. Well, commemorate that day in which God through the gift of medicine, brought you healing so that you could continue living all your days of your life with your family and with your friends. Celebrate these days and maybe take a page from Joachim and Ann. They went to the temple. They spent the day there in praise and thanksgiving. Go to your church. Go to a shrine. Go somewhere special and mark that in a special way. I visit the shrine of Our Lady of La Leche, this shrine for the infertile couples, and they pray for the grace of conception. And one of the things that struck me one time while I was there was that as I was praying in the chapel, well, here comes a mother and a father and a teenage girl. And this teenage girl sets a vase of flowers at the foot of the altar. And I wondered, well, is she here? Because her parents are bringing her here to give thanks that She was born. Maybe this was their La Leche baby. Maybe this is her birthday and they come there because they want to give thanks to God that they were able to give birth to this child. So remember those special days and special occasions. Do something special. That's my word of encouragement to you today. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I am reading *The Mystical City of God* by Venerable Maria of I'm honored that you are joining me. I hope that you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.